You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 499 of Podcateers. In this episode, we talk about the Golden Globes, some of the awards that Disney brought home, and some of the controversy at the show. I do a quick follow-up on some things I learned about Steamboat Willie entering the public domain. And can you believe it? We're one episode away from our 500th episode. It's crazy, I know. Uh, We'll tell you a little bit more about some of what's coming in that episode, but all I'll say for now is we're pretty excited about it. So we would love for you to join the conversation on our social networks, including Instagram and Facebook, but we invite you to join us on Discord. Joining the community is super simple. Just head on over to podcateers.com links and click on the Discord button to join our community. We would also like to take a moment to acknowledge a very special group of listeners known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content that we upload to Patreon, access to our happy hour calls when we get an opportunity to do those, random giveaways, discount codes for new Podcateers gear, a special section of Discord, and more. If you would like to become part of the FGP Squad family and want a little more information, we invite you to check out podcateers.com FGP. And of course, as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP Squad for their continued support. So that's gonna wrap up the intro. If this is your first time hanging out with us, welcome. We hope that you enjoy the episode and that you come back for more. And of course, if you've been hanging with us for a while, welcome back, friends. Here is episode 499 of Podcateers. That's not what came to my head. When you said clappity clap, I thought Uh clappity clap, don't talk back. (laughs) Oh, no, that's yakety sax. But I thought clappity clap. (laughs) Clappity clap. Clappity clap. Clap on clap off. The clapper. (laughs) Uh, Yes. (laughs) Available at Walgreens. (laughs) Hashtag not sponsored. This just reminds me of, so, as before I went to high school, I got Wayne's World on DVD as a Christmas gift one year, and uh, we were building, my dad was building a house at the time, so we were living in a trailer on the property while the house was getting built, and so for Christmas, I got a portable DVD player and, like, three DVDs for uh, part of the Christmas present, and so one of them was a box set of Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2. Uh, I've nice. probably seen Wayne's excellent. World. Yeah, excellent. But um, the menu for that was like them watch. It was like TV commercials, and it, the clapper was one of them. That's why I bring it up. <laughs> but it's just like oh, ingrained in my my brain. This menu, I've probably watched Wayne's World. I don't know, two hundred times at least parts of it, and then I'd wake up. And the DVD menu would be on, and it's all these commercials and stuff just playing in a loop. Because I'd That's fall asleep funny. to it. Yeah. <clears throat> Around that time, I remember uh, if you were up at that time, it's when those Time Life or those collections where they, it was like Michael Bolton and like Celine Dion. It's like, tell me how am I supposed to live without you? All the greatest hits. On one CD, featuring. I think that's actually from Saved by the Bell. I don't know. (laughs) Such hits, but I feel like that's what it was. (laughs) Yakety yak, (laughs) yakety yak, and the theme song to Cheers. When the weight of the world has got you down. No, wait, that's actually the Flaming Mo song. (laughs) Never mind. And my brain's all over the place right now. Close enough. Now yeah, that's what I call right. TV songs 22. Ah, <laughs> uh, those were the days, man. 
Those just send a self-addressed stamped envelope and a prepaid check to the address on your screen, 1999, plus 1999 shipping and handling. Right. (laughs) That's why you would just have to sign up through like Columbia House or BMG or something and get Mm -hmm. everything for a penny using a name like Homer Simpson. And then when they sent the bill and they were like, Homer Simpson, you got to send us uh, your subscription for this $30 CD to continue. You would just send it back and be like, Homer Simpson doesn't live here. And then you would set up another one (laughs) with like Marge Simpson and then get a whole bunch more free CDs. And then when they finally caught on and they blacklisted your address, you would use the neighbor and tell them that (laughs) it was coming. (laughs) So you end up with a whole bunch of CDs. Back in my day, we had to sign up for Columbia House Records. That's right. How how many many of us have how many, you know, Gmail accounts? The disc man would run out of AA batteries when I was delivering the paper. Jeez. It would skip with every little movement. <laughs> you couldn't tap your pencil on the table without the disc man skipping. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, so do you here's here's a here's a question. Hazel, do your kids know what a CD is? Uh a music CD probably not because they've never had to experience it. They know like a disc is. Yeah. In general, they are because we have Blu-rays and DVDs mm-hmm. that they watch, okay. but of course the games that they play are also on Blu-ray discs. So yeah. they're familiar with them, but the music version of discs, I don't believe so. Or what about like a VHS tape? Would they know what if you gave them a VHS tape with with no label on it? They'll they... know a VHS. Oh yeah, yeah. And and the only reason they know about a VHS is because of Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, ah. bringing it back, classic. You got to play the video games yeah. to know what know what vhs is well there you go your kids are yeah. uh doing all right yep yeah they know a little bit about the lost media of yesteryear oh and it's like vinyls coming back and all this it was like oh they're familiar with vinyl yeah that yeah. well i was i'm pretty sure this is a thing it's not this is not new news but like vinyl is outselling cds because I people it. just want to buy vinyl <laughs> like yeah uh, I guess online sales worth are different, right? But when there's stores yeah. like Best Buy, which are really the only place other than like maybe Walmart and Target that carried physical media, mm-hmm. uh, giving up on it and mm-hmm. just getting rid of all their Blu-rays, DVDs, and all that stuff, I I can see why. Yeah. But yeah, the 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 craze of vinyl is definitely big. Uh, I have added. I mean, I had vinyl from before. Mm-hmm. I wasn't big on collecting it. Um, I did have a bunch of Disney records, mm-hmm. uh, like older ones. But the recent ones, I did get the Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. on vinyl. I got the Disney collection. I have the, the Disney one hundred Swift collection. albums. The Disney 100 collection, yeah. And then I have some Taylor Swift albums on vinyl. That's I got, much it. I, got I don't this. have a lot of vinyl. I got the... Uh, Weird, Ooh. the Al Yankovic story album on vinyl. Awesome. I got that for Christmas. I I buy yeah. vinyl if I like either the artwork on it. That's usually you know my record player and everything's kind of in like stored away, and I have to get a new needle for it. Um, but I have that, and then I recently got um, I don't know the Bowser. Oh, peaches. that's right. Oh, I remember uh, the peaches vinyl. Yeah, vinyl, yeah, yeah. yeah. It finally came in. Yeah. Um, it's it's still in the plastic. Once I finally get a record player out, I'm sure I'll play these, you know. But the box was just too cool not to get. It's like, it's all like laser cut the word Bowser and you can see him through it. It's very cool. So, yeah. or if it's got like a cool. Well, that same company, yeah. that's the I am 8-bit uh, press, right? I believe, yes, it is. Yeah, so that same company, there's been one vinyl that I've been after for a long time that I keep hoping that they repress at some point. They released the Gravity Falls soundtrack with like some really crazy cool artwork like several years ago. Um, When did they release it? It's actually been a while. (gasps) It's in stock right now. Get it now. (laughs) 
Oh, you can yeah, stop recording. Just go get it. Oh, just go get it. <laughs> my damn. Yep. I'm actually I'm actually adding it right now. <laughs> View cart. Wait, what else do they have? Uh-oh. Death in stock. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, it's a double on. and it's a double album. It's a but double. Wait, yeah. there's more. But did and you it, see the artwork? The artwork a, looks super cool. It looks like it's well, it might just be because of the picture's like, is it UV? But it's clear red vinyl. Yeah. That's cool. You know why? You know what's cool about the artwork? Like, the art looks like it. So, if you remember Gravity Falls, or if you had an opportunity to watch it, there was the weird Mageddon episodes that essentially ended the series, right? Where mm-hmm. everything gets like super crazy, and Bill Cipher's like trying to take over. Everything looks like it's like all psychedelic and everything as part of Weird Mageddon. the The artwork on this album is very similar to what happened in in Weird Mageddon. But what I also like about it is that it's very, like, I, there's, like, this rolly crumpness to it that mm-hmm. I really like. Yeah. Like, it's, like, this weird, like, rolly style art that, I don't know, like, it just, it's I, I the don't know. Style, it just reminds me. Yeah. The colors, the style of how everything exactly, is. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think that's what attracted me to the set originally. Uh, I had like no idea that it was back in stock i'm so buying this okay hold on. let me check one <laughs> they have the here. muppets christmas carol vinyl apparently that's a thing i just i'm looking at all their vinyl that they have oh oh they have the mario one too the they mario have the movie. full double album mario welcome yeah. to the vinyl cast uh <laughs> where we we'll talk just about list, music on vinyl we'll just list things that uh i am 8-bit has for sale how yeah. about Oh, they have the Cuphead. Battle oh, Toads and Battle Maniacs vinyl soundtrack. Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. I don't All right, I'm actually going to have to do this after because now I feel like I have to look through this to see if there's <laughs> anything else I want to get. Pete, but now that I know... Ninja Turtles, Turtles in oh, Time vinyl. So good. They're heroes in a half shell, don't you know? Do-do-do-do-do, bum, turtle power. That's right. Tower power. Power. Power indeed. Turtle oh power. my god, this is so good. Alright, well, uh, I know what I have to look through once we're done recording. Okay. So, yeah, that's my that's my vinyl collection so far. Uh, I'll probably end up adding a few other things. Uh, they're more readily available. Uh, the other thing that I've been looking for that uh, I haven't been able to get is the Haunted Mansion vinyl. That one's mm-hmm. one that's been on my list for a while as well. But I also haven't been actively looking for it. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing, because I know it pops up here and there. Yeah. Uh, and also wasn't actively looking for this Gravity Falls one. Uh, it was just like one of those like wish list items for me. So now that it's back up, like now nah, I'm just going to take advantage. But uh, yeah, I I gave in to the vinyl craze a little bit and bought multiple things on vinyl. Even if you don't play them, like the artwork and the actual discs themselves like as art pieces, oh yeah i think are super cool exactly there's like a rush yeah. of like if you even if you're going to like a thrift store or something and you find something that's like hasn't been in circulation or i mean honestly it's like those are i find that as treasure hunting and it's like if i find something yeah. snatch it like no it's true you know when the like three or four years ago uh when when it was really difficult to find a Switch or a PS5 or anything like that, retro gaming got really big because mm-hmm. it was so much more like it was so much more accessible where you could go to a GameStop or even on eBay you could find used copies of like PS1, PS2 games, PS3. People were breaking out their old N64s and Dreamcasts and Sega Genesis and all that stuff. And so retro gaming had this like huge resurgence at the time. So much that games that were originally selling on the used market before everything exploded were going for like five to seven bucks. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden started selling for a couple hundred bucks per game because they started to become so scarce out in the market. Um, so, I mean, there's always good and bad to like these crazes that end up happening, right? Because when something gets super popular, obviously scarcity will bring in more money. It's the mentality of the scalpers, 
you know, with Disney merchandise, right? They go out and they buy all of the merch that they can on multiple credit cards with multiple friends. And then they upsell it on eBay or whatever they try to sell it on for 10 times the amount that it was available when it got released. You know, it's it's that mindset of just trying to make as much money as possible. And if you get lucky and you can make your money back or make some kind of profit, then great. It doesn't make me like those Disney scalpers anymore. I think they're demons, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Accurate. it is what it is. <laughs> Uh, maybe demons was a little harsh, but you know what I mean. Uh, so, uh, let's see. What, what do we got in this episode? Man, I'm like, I'm so excited. Like, we're nearing episode 500. We're going to talk a little bit about that before we close out the episode. But, oh, man. I just like it's four ninety nine, dude. Like the we're precipice. Like, yeah. Yeah, we're like we're so like we're so there. Like now is the time for that second wind, right? Make sure that you can cross that finish line. Take your shot of Gatorade that they throw in your face and just keep pushing through. You're gonna make it after all. Right. So, so. close. It, it's a trip. It's a trip. <laughs> I mean, this year marks the 10th anniversary of the podcast, mm-hmm. right? And I, it was, we originally launched in June of 2014. And I I don't know, like I, there's, there. I mean, there's definitely been a lot of changes. We definitely started as one thing and we've evolved, you know, over time. We've had, you know, multiple people sitting in the co-hosting chairs and, you know, every chapter of the podcast has been so fun and so different that like, it just, I don't know, like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. I know, you know how our tagline, we keep moving forward. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, I mean, that's definitely the case, right? There's been a lot of instances where we just keep moving forward. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I mean, you've been here since the beginning, right? Like you, Practically. like you, you may not have been co-hosting, you know, from the beginning, but you were one of the original people that I talked to when it was just an idea. Like this was just one of those name. things where, yeah, like we were at an art walk and I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to do this podcasting thing. Like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, I kind of have this name. Like, you know, like I'm kind of thinking like this podcasting Mouseketeers. And like there was like all the like and I caught like I kept talking about it. And every month for like probably six months. Yeah. Like leading up to the final release of the podcast, like I just kept talking about it and I just kept coming up with like concepts of like what the logo would look like. And then Mm -hmm. I remember when I finally got together with the guys to to really launch it, I was man, I was neurotic (laughs) about it because I was scared. Like I didn't know if we were going to be successful or what was going to happen or anything like that. And so I had this idea, like we had never podcasted. We had never done anything. We just knew that it it sounded like something fun that we Mm -hmm. could do together. Right. Right. And the idea was kind of to get together and just kind of like, shoot the breeze with each other and just kind of talk about whatever and just kind of have that like Disney inclined conversation. Uh, but at the beginning it was more of everything. Yeah. Like, it wasn't it was. just Disney. Like it was, it, it was kind of anything we wanted to talk about, but I remember talking to them and saying like, like what if before we got to the first episode, like the official launch episode like we created like a countdown, right? Where we kind of got a few episodes under our belt to kind of get used to the whole idea, like figure out our dynamic and stuff like that so that we didn't feel like anxious about the first one being the first one because we kind of already had a few episodes under our belt at that time. And in my head, I was like, we'll do like six of them. And originally... I think the guys went along with it because they just they were just being supportive. Like they knew right. I was being neurotic about it. I, I can admit it now. Like I was being super <laughs> neurotic about it. Uh, and uh, they were going along with it to help me through it. And we did one. And after that, we were like, 
let's just launch it. Screw it. Like they convinced me basically that it was going to be better if we just learned on the fly. Like we never released that original episode that we recorded. It it didn't turn into episode one. It was another it was just another conversation that we had. We touched on some of the subjects that eventually made it into episode one. But yeah, we did we did one of them. Uh, and then they were like, we should just release this. We should just do it. And they convinced me. And I remember just being super anxious about it. And uh, it, it took us a while. Like it took us maybe a good two months to really begin to spread the word and to get, you know, an audience built. But eventually we did. You know, we, we had a lot of help from a lot of people in the Disney community. We had a lot of help from, at the time, there was a lot of social clubs that were going to Disneyland and they were like, you know, going around taking pictures and stuff of the parks. And I became friends with a lot of people from the social clubs because I was going to the parks like four to eight times a month at the time, you Mm -hmm. you know, once a week, if not twice, when I had an opportunity to go Saturday and Sunday, sometimes even Friday nights, we would go. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where it all kind of began to snowball. Like, in the first year, we we built a really, really strong following. It even surprised us that we were able to grow as much as we did in that first year. And, you know, it's been an amazing ride so far. You know, the first 10 years of the podcast have seen some ups and downs, obviously. Like, for me personally, uh, the last multiple amount of years have been just strange they were just something I never expected to happen and it definitely changed my pattern of having the ability to go to the park way more than I would have ever wanted in my life but it did and now we've adjusted and you know I've you know thankfully I've had you two to help me through a lot of that and to you know be the uh, be the rocks that I need to really help uh, keep things as stable as we've been able to keep them and Larry going to the parks and you know streaming and stuff it just it's been a little different but it's still fun yeah. you know and that's really I think what it comes down to like I one of the things I keep looking forward to every week is just having the opportunity to sit with you guys and just talk mm-hmm. whether it's Disney or not or whatever we talk about it's just it's just fun still Right? Talk, so, vents, you name it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and some of those vent sessions, oh, man. They help, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad some of those aren't recorded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> oh, I wasn't supposed to be recording that then? What you, what, oh, damn it. Saving those for another time. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. They can go in the uh, archives for the, um, for another the archive.org at some point. <laughs> <laughs> They'll go up on archive.org at some point. There we go. <laughs> yeah, so uh, episode 500 is coming. We'll talk a little bit more about what we have planned towards the end of the episode. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, let's talk about some other Disney stuff that's going on. Uh, Andrew, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I don't know about either one of you. I don't frequently watch award shows because. They sometimes, I don't know, I get upset when the things that I'm rooting for don't win. And so I just kind of stay away and just like, you know, I'll get the announcements after and, you know, then it is what it is at that point, right? Mm -hmm. But I heard Disney Mm -hmm. won some stuff at the Golden Globes. What did they win? So, yeah, so I uh, popped up on my, I believe it was Instagram today. I just passingly saw and we were coming up with stuff to talk about. I was like, oh, I remember they, you know. Said, oh, won some Emmys, or not Emmys, uh, Golden Globes, sorry. <laughs> and um, so the Walt Disney Company owns a plethora of things. Um, so there are two projects or properties that won awards. Um, one is a FX slash Hulu production called The Bear. Um, that one's uh, three Golden Globes, one for Best Television Series, Musical or Comedy, um, Best Performance by an Actress in a Television Series, Musical or Comedy to Iowa De- uh, Debris, uh, and Best Performance by an Actor in a Television Series, Musical or Comedy, Jeremy Allen White. 
Um, that is it for the bear on is now, according to this now streaming on Hulu. And the other project is, uh, looks like a, f a Fox searchlight picture called, uh, poor things, uh, won two awards, uh, best motion picture, musical or comedy and best performance by an actress in a motion picture, musical or comedy, Emma stone. So yeah, there's some. Emmys out there, I get or Emmys. I keep saying Emmys because the, I, <laughs> I keep thinking it was the Emmys that I saw, but it's Golden Globes. There were Weird Al just won an Emmy for uh, his and that movie. matters. <laughs> it does matter, but that's why yeah. it's on my brain because they they do all the like non they you know they do all the technical and and music and all these other awards not in the actual televised ceremony. They do them in a separate one. So I know, like, I was looking it up. Disney won um, at the Emmys for for uh, children's uh, f and family Emmys. They won um, Emmys for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur with that had four wins, and then awards for the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special and uh, the series animated series Baymax. Um, so nice. there's uh, awards that are uh, out there. I guess it's awards season. Yep, yep. Interesting. What, um, so like how you mentioned Word Owl, and that's the only reason you've paid it, that's you know, my brain. attention. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't really pay attention, but of course, when I see Barbie in the news, you got my attention. So like I said, I wasn't paying attention to all the awards or anything, but mm -hmm. I know this didn't. Well, actually, no. This didn't win. The movie didn't win for like best film, all that stuff. But it took home a cinematic and box office achievement. And it's a little interesting because it's a new category. So I was like, I wasn't too sure what this was. Because, you know, we we know like the the most known like actor, actress, screenplay, drama. That I don't know everything, but you get my point. And I'm like, you know what? I finally get to talk about Barbie. Um, first off, let me just say, as much as I I love all things Barbie, I haven't seen the film. I know I'm going to love it, so there's that. Um, <laughs> I just haven't had a chance to like sit and watch it, even though I sit at a computer <laughs> a lot. I just I need to focus on it and not really work, so that's why I haven't seen it. So there's my, my defense. But... I'm like, yeah, I'm taking advantage and talking about this because we didn't get this chance as we were standing, you know, in solidarity with everybody in the strike. And that hurt because that was like exactly when the movie dropped. And it's like, oh, OK, so I'm just happy. And it it took, you know what? I see like who's nominated, who was nominated. Great films, of course. But Barbie broke a lot of records and stuff. So yeah. that's awesome. Yay. I'm going to watch this film this year. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just it just feels good when Barbie's like mentioned in general because it was always everyone looked down on this doll and this and that, blah blah blah. But it's like more good stuff. I, I love it. I love it. So there's my yeah. piece. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, what you said uh, at the end there about how people just made fun of the doll in general, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess there was this huge controversy with the host of the Golden Globes because in the opening monologue, he said a lot of things that kind of reduced the Barbie movie to some misogynistic comments and stuff. So I did watch the Barbie movie and I have to mm -hmm. say like one, I really enjoyed it. Right. I think the message overall of the film was a really powerful one. And I think in a year Barbie, part of the reason it broke so many records is one, because it was a good movie two because it kind of, re it revived cinema, mm -hmm. right? People going to the movies in a way that other films were unable to do. Right. Uh, along with those accomplishments, there's been a lot of articles about the success of Beyonce and Taylor Swift touring and everything that they've been able to do. The host of the Golden Globes also hit Taylor Swift with a comment 
during the opening monologue. And so people were like really angry uh, wow. about how he was trying to demean both, you know, uh, Taylor and the Barbie movie and basically what he was trying to reduce it down to. But when you think about how strong it, it was just a, a really strong year for women in yeah. media, right? Like every time I read an article about like, I don't keep up with Beyonce as much, but like whenever I would read an article about Taylor Swift going to a city, mm-hmm. like the economy would boost like crazy. Yeah. Right? Like hotels would fill up. People were coming in from other cities, from out of state, from out of the country to go to the heiress tour. Uh, she, she was essentially helping and tipping all of the truckers, all of the, you know, the, the people on the staff in the hotels. Like it was crazy how much she was helping all of the towns that they would take the Eras tour into. Right. And it was something right. that hadn't been done in years. So it was a really strong year in general and to have it be demeaned, you know, as much as it was as part of that opening monologue was kind of bad to see, obviously. But uh, I think you're going to like the movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So I think when you finally have a, a chance to watch it, you're really going to like it. But uh, I was thinking also you you were mentioning Weird Al. Uh, you know, you were you had Weird Al on your mind because he won. Mm-hmm. Did you see his post? That after the Golden Globes, no, he went, he to, went In-N-Out. to In-N-Out. <laughs> yeah. And he's just sitting in a booth at In-N-Out eating his food with the Golden Globe statue <laughs> yeah. just sitting on the table there. It was like the best thing ever. <laughs> I think the comment, the, the comment was uh, something along the lines of, they wouldn't let us in at the after party at Arby's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Pretty historic night. I think Ali Wong won for Best Actress uh, for Beef. Uh, I think she was like the first Asian American woman to win the award. So it was oh, a wow. pretty historic night. And uh, Stephen Yuen was only the second Asian American to win Best Male, I, th- I believe, uh, if I remember that correctly. Uh, I saw them as posts as I was scrolling through some other stuff. So if I got that wrong, please drop a comment let us know what it was but if i remember correctly that's what they want for so yeah uh the golden globes happen and i guess uh people no longer like to host uh, so i guess we'll see what happens there but uh and then you also mentioned that disney plus is launching a new series this week right yes the ninth is the release of the series uh, Marvel series Echo. Um, you may remember from what was what was that? Uh, Hawkeye, Hawkeye with uh, yeah. Ec- with uh, Kingpin and um, who else was in there? Uh, the Daredevil, Daredevil guy. Yeah, and um, Maya Lopez character name uh, plays Echo. Um, if I remember correctly. Uh, remember correctly she is deaf or something along those lines does asl i'm sorry i don't remember all of these things and um but uh the series is coming to disney plus on the 9th but it's having some firsts for for disney plus um it's the first show to be released both simultaneously on disney plus and hulu um and it's also the first mcu project to have a MA rating, so TVMA um, for the series Echo. So it's uh, quite interesting. Um, it's also going to be uh, releasing all of its five episodes uh, on the ninth. Nice. You know, I would have sworn that the first thing to get an MA rating on Hulu or Disney Plus as far as Marvel content was going to be Deadpool. That's what we all thought because it's Deadpool. I mean, Deadpool's pretty out there. Yeah. I did not I wouldn't like have guessed this yet. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, didn't I, I mean, I guess it's not it's technically not the first Marvel property to get an MA rating. It's the first time that that 
the Disney side of Marvel has produced it, right? Because technically, when they were on Netflix, Jessica Jones, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like Defenders, Iron Fist, I think one or more of those shows was TVMA. But yeah, I think this is technically, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. they weren't like the actual, like it wasn't Feige behind the projects. It was, they were just using the Marvel characters and the Marvel branding, which is why it gets a little muddy because we we never, at least now I think they are recognized as canon somehow because we got Daredevil in Hawkeye and they kind of brought the same character in. So I guess mm-hmm. they're all kind of canon at this point. But at the time, they were just considered side stories. They weren't really considered Marvel canon because they weren't a Kevin Feige production. Yes, this is the first MCU, like, it, like, completely, like, yes, like you're saying, TV, or Disney, Marvel production with TVMA. And according to this post, uh, it is also the officially the uh it's officially part of phase five of the mcu this series so it's not like it's not it's not going to be one of the like werewolf by night or whatever where it's just like a special marvel thingy or whatever they're calling them a marvel special presentation i like it uh it's a good thing to kick it off it's a really i like the the character of Mm -hmm. echo um it's funny like in the comics in in Hawkeye, Clint takes the mantle of Ronan. Like that that's already something that had been established, right? Like he's mm-hmm. oh man, did I just spoil the series? Uh spoiler alert, by the way. Sorry. It's been out for a couple of years. I think you're okay. Okay, good. But in the <laughs> comics, Maya takes the mantle of Ronan for a while. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't know if that's gonna be incorporated into the series somehow, but uh there's been like three or four people that have been the Ronin in the comics, including Blade. Oh, yes, Vampire okay. Blade. Like Blade was like found like some of Clint's old things at one point and became Ronin. Um I forgot what it was part of. Um I don't know, I'd have to look it up. But yeah, I wonder if they're going to eventually uh incorporate the Ronin character into like the Echo character. Yeah, I guess it'll be, it'll be possible. Fun. Yeah, it'll be, um, it'll be good to see. And it looks like I'm also reading this. I had to click on a hyperlink to uh, answer this question. So this is part of the first... Uh, Echo is the first of the Marvel Spotlight series. Um, and so according to this, um, the Marvel Spotlight series are um, MCU basically in the MCU universe, but are focusing on like street level stakes and street level stuff uh, versus like, you know, aliens and aliens and stuff. Oh yeah. Global and multiverse and whatever. It's just kind of like basically what the Netflix shows did already, but uh, done again. I mean, I kind of like that because I feel like you could relate a little bit more to it. Uh, mm. it's when it gets like scary close to real life when you're like, wait, why is this mirroring real life? Like go back to aliens, go back to infinity exactly. stones, yeah. you know, before you know it, you end up with a Marvel episode of black mirror and then you're like, no, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> Get me off this ride. <laughs> yeah. I, I want off. Where's the E stop. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's cool, man. I'm glad that they're dropping all of the episodes. Um, I remember we asked this question at one point with the release of like WandaVision and some other stuff. But where did you land and has it changed? Do you like when they release them weekly or do you like when they drop everything at once? Hmm. I like weekly because I don't finish it as fast. But if you watch it entirely, you won't get... um, you're not going to get spoiled by it. So, yeah, I don't remember where I landed exactly on it, but I think I landed on weekly because it puts people on a more leveled playing field and you mm-hmm. they can't spoil it for you. 
And that was my biggest issue with it, where, you know, if I only had time to watch two episodes and everybody else was like, I'm marathoning this till 5 a.m., I'm watching everything. <laughs> like the next morning, you're on a YouTube or like a Instagram post or TikTok, and they're like, could you believe the end of blah, blah, blah? And then Did they're posting like this? video clips. I'm like, come <laughs> on, man. That's why, remember, there was like this whole effort with Miss Minutes and stuff where they were like, hey, don't spoil it for other people. It was specifically because people were doing that crap. Like they were just posting what the endings were and everything. So I, yeah, yeah, I'm still, I might be, if that was my answer before, I might be sticking to it. Where do you land, Andrew? Weekly or like just drop them all? I think it really depends. Like I have a hard time keeping up with weekly sometimes because like I, there, we still have like one episode of Loki I haven't watched. Like I watched all the rest of them and just like they're coming out weekly. And then I was like, oh, I got busy and I forgot about it where it's like if they're all there, I could just be like, OK, I have five hours to kill or two a weekend. I can knock these out and, and get the whole series done, depending if it's five episodes or, you know, eight or what, ten at the most. Usually these series are. Um, so I, I it really kind of depends. I do like having stuff uh to have on a weekly basis so uh things like uh when we were watching only murders in the building um that was a weekly show and i really liked how that came out because like okay hey there's a new thing to watch this week but you know sometimes stuff just feels like homework like it's like i want to watch this but also it's secret wars yeah, well, exactly. Oh. Well, that's like Loki. Like uh. Loki, I really liked everything I watched, but sometimes it's like not in the mood to watch it. You got to be like in the mood to like watch some of these things. Yeah. I watched the first ten minutes of Secret Wars. I haven't watched the rest of it yet. You're not missing um, anything. You're so lucky. Uh-huh. You're so lucky. So there's so there's plenty of things that you know. Everybody's busy and it's hard to see things. So I. I'm okay with however they decide they want to release it. I will uh, just do that. It doesn't bother me either way. I mean, I I can see the merit in if you have time to watch everything and you just want to binge it, I get see, you know, that working for some people. Uh, I can see it even working for me. I think there's certain things that I would just want to binge and get through, especially if there's only two or three of them. Like the Doctor Who episodes that they released on Disney Plus, like the specials, that's Mm -hmm. easy to binge through. You know, because it's it's like three one hour episodes. That's a Friday night or Saturday night sort of situation, right? Make some popcorn, grab some dinner or something. You can binge through everything. But when it's like eight, nine, ten, twelve episodes, then it gets harder to binge in one day. And that's when it gets harder to stay off social media too, so that it's not spoiled. But I get it. I can go either way, I guess. Um, but I think I prefer the weekly just because knowing what schedules are like for me. I think I would have to stick with weekly on this one. Uh, we'd love to know how all of you watch your content. If you have a preference, drop a comment. Let us know which you prefer. Do you like them weekly or do you like them to drop all at once? And that way you can binge everything and have a binge-tastic journey through the MCU or whatever you happen to be watching. Uh, if you haven't joined us over on Discord, we'd love for you to join the community. Super simple to join. Head on over to podcasters.com slash links. There you will find um, a few things, actually. You'll find a link to our latest episode, a link to the Quizneyland playlist. You'll find uh, anything that we happen to be raising money for. If we're doing uh, some charity work at the time, you can find the link to our YouTube channel, the link to Larry's YouTube channel, Goofy Guys Adventures. Uh, if you're not following Larry, make sure that you are, especially on Instagram, because that's where he usually posts that he's going to be going live on YouTube. He tends to post two to three times a week and streams uh, from the park two to three times a week. So make sure that you're following him. Podcasters.com slash links is where you'll find. Oh, and the Discord link. That's what started all of this. <laughs> if you haven't joined okay. us on Discord, that's where you'll find the link to join us on Discord as well. All right, before we continue, uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank a very special group of listeners known as the FGP Squad, our podcast Fairy Godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcasters possible. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcasters.com slash FGP. 
there you will find a list of some of our top contributors, a link to our Patreon, a little bit of info about what the FGP Squad is all about. But being a part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks like access to additional content that we've uploaded to Patreon, special section of Discord, discount codes for new Podcateers gear, uh, access to our happy hour calls when we get an opportunity to do those, random giveaways, and more. So again, if you are interested or would like more info about the FGP squad, head on over to podcateers.com slash FGP. And of course, to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, I want to clarify something because remember last week we were talking about Steamboat Willie entering the public domain and how the first thing that came to my head was like, oh, man, now I can make Teamboat Willie shirts that have Steamboat Willie. But then I was doubting it because I thought, oh, maybe I'm going to be infringing on trademark and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I was right. Uh, uh, let me try to compress all the stuff that I kind of learned about this. So, All right. So Steamboat Willie, as a character and as a cartoon, has entered the public domain because the copyright has expired. We mentioned the whole like Mickey Mouse law and stuff like that. It was actually called the Mickey Mouse Protection Act. So in short, copyright essentially is a law that protects creators for uh, ownership of specific items for a specific amount of time. It's usually associated with music, uh, literary pieces, or artistic pieces. And at the time that Steamboat Willie was released... This was something that happened for uh, 56 years. That was the copyright law, 56 years from time of publication. In the 70s, when they realized, oh, we're going to lose the copyright to Steamboat Willie or to Mickey Mouse, Disney began to lobby you know, to get that law extended. And so it was in 1976 that uh, an extension was granted for copyright protection. Then, in the late 90s, in the 1900s, in the late 90s, uh, Congress passed an extension to the extension of the Copyright Protection Act, which added an additional 20 years, which gives us the current 95 years that copyright is essentially locked into. And because Disney had now lobbied the second time around, that's where the law got nicknamed the Mickey Mouse Protection Act. So it was like in the late 90s when it got that nickname. There's a couple of other things that kind of protect your work, right? There's also trademarks and there's also patents. Patents Mm -hmm. are essentially for inventions. Anything that you develop that's used in technology, stuff like that, that's a patent. It's for something that's designed. Whereas trademark is any combination of words or symbols, phrases, designs that can help a customer identify you as a brand. The difference between trademark and copyright is that copyright has this, well, now it's 95 years, right? It was originally the 56, now it's 95. Trademark, you can continue to renew as long as you want, as long as you're the owner However, it has to be renewed every 10 years. So every decade, you have to renew trademark. So here's where it it, it gets a little crazy. So I think Disney saw the loss of Steamboat Willie coming. And instead of lobbying Congress like they did the last two times to extend copyright, they did something kind of like ingenious I guess is what some people would call it because remember in 2007 when the Disney Animation Studios went through the rebrand and the brand new Animation Studios intro included Steamboat Willie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that now became a part of the trademark and it's the Steamboat Willie that entered public domain So while Disney may not be able to get people on copyright for using Steamboat Willie, they can get people on trademark because it's essentially being used to identify Walt Disney animation, right? So it's essentially a way to kind of circumvent the copyright law. They kind of went around it by creating a trademark with Steamboat Willie. 
So the the reason that I think things like uh, Annihilation 88 and these other things that are in production or in the works using Steamboat Willie as a character is that they kind of fall into the the Winnie the Pooh, um, what was it, Blood and Honey, mm-hmm. uh, right, Blood yeah. and Honey, where mm-hmm. the character resembles the original version, but it's changed so much because they're this like, you know, horror character now that they can get away with kind of using it without getting into too much trouble because there's no way that somebody would look at that and be like, that's a Disney thing right there, right? Because Disney's a wholesome family company, not a company that releases these horror films the way that Blood and Honey or these other Steamboat Willie properties are going to be portraying the character. Like people are going to see that and realize that's not a Disney project. Whereas if I took Steamboat Willie and I put him on a Team Boat Willie shirt, it's close enough that people will be like, oh, that must be a Disney thing. It must be like a charity thing Disney's doing. So we could, get, like, we could get in trouble for trademark at that point because people would falsely identify what we are doing as a Disney company thing. So you have to be really careful. Now here's where it gets even crazier. In the time frame of when the rebrand happened. And now, obviously, iterations of Steamboat Willie could be allowed, right? Because the copyright allows you to change it a little bit as part of the law to make it your own and to kind of, you know, give it new life using that original property. But there have been multiple versions of Steamboat Willie released by the Disney company, whether it's in video games or whether it's even like in recent past when they released the last Mickey Mouse short that had all the Steamboat Willies popping out of the TV and running amok in the city. Remember? Mm-hmm. So they've covered the gamut of the original version of Steamboat Willie to this cutesy version of Steamboat Willie to match the newer cartoons. And so now anything in between could actually get struck for copyright at that point because the new versions of Steamboat Willie along the way are definitely copywritten. So it gets really complicated. Like the more I got into this rabbit hole, the more I thought like, I don't want to touch Steamboat Willie now. And I think that's what Disney was banking on. I think they got to the point where they realized that the the idea of people going absolutely crazy like putting steamboat willie and this goes to what andrew said like mm-hmm. I, andrew was like you know this there's probably going to lose some steam like everybody's excited about it it's going to lose some steam and i i think you were right i think we're going to end up with like maybe three or four projects i think you had like 6 to 8 or something i don't remember or like 6 or something hey, like that whatever. yeah yeah um I think you're right. I think it's going to lose steam because people are going to begin to realize that it's going to be way more difficult than originally anticipated because the updated versions of Steamboat Willie have now been copywritten and anything in between could still get you in trouble. It's a really weird situation. It gets super muddy and it's complicated. And at this point, I just want I'm just happy that we have this the Steamboat Willie logo the way that it is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so what you're telling me is we can use Pete all we want from Steamboat Willie. He's not in the animation logo. He's not in any of that other <laughs> so, thing. So our logo will be Pete the Cat from Steamboat Willie. Or like a, that easier. random yeah. goat. No, oh, no. I mean, you're right. Like it might be easier to get away with something Steamboat Pete. Maybe even the mini version from mm. that cartoon. But Steamboat Willie as an actual character, there's so many new versions of it that it can it, like people can get in trouble not just for copyright now, e- even if it's not that original one, but also for trademark, you know, violations. So, uh I think if we if we still create the decals and the stickers because it's just a screenshot of the original character, you know, we could put on the sticker that this is not affiliated with the Disney company. This is just, you know, a gift and stuff. And I think we'll be okay at that point 
definitely can't put them on on Team Boat Willie shirts or anything like that. But I'm telling you, the more that I learned about this and the situation and the why and how and everything, the more I thought, like, man, this is like this is crazy, like maneuvering around laws to make sure that you don't lose your character. And I get it, right? Like you don't want Sony or DreamWorks or somebody creating Steamboat Willie and then creating like a character that can, you know, compete with what you already own. But man, it, I'm telling you, I I was bummed the more that I learned about it. But at the end, I was just like, you know what? We've survived this long without it. We'll be fine. Yep. <laughs> yep. Better be safe than sorry. Yeah. So in short... <laughs> <laughs> we can't use them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think that's a good place to end the podcast, actually. I think that's a, that's a good little punctuation on something that, you know, we talked about last week and just kind of learning more about it. And that's where we are now. But uh, before we end the, this episode, uh, we want to talk a little bit about episode 500. One of our favorite segments that we had an opportunity to do in recent years was armchair imagineering. And we're we're happy to announce that for episode 500, we're bringing back armchair imagineering and we're tackling one of the lands that we never got an opportunity to, Avengers Campus. Now we know that it's brand new. We know that you know it hasn't been along uh, around very long, but trust me, there's a lot of things that we all would want to change. Like we've all seen it, you know. There's plenty of things that we remember being promised that weren't added to the land, but we've all seen enough Marvel things that I think we can come up with a few attractions or a few things for the land that you know, we might enjoy and that you might enjoy if they were actually a thing in the parks. So for episode 500, we are bringing back Armchair Imagineering, Avengers Campus, and we may even have a special guest. (gasps) What? So stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned. Episode 500 is coming. Uh, Oh, and this week we also have Quizneyland, right? Ooh. Yeah, there's supposed to be a Quizneyland. Um, Andrew has been, I talk about myself in the third person, has been very busy and overbooked himself, so there will be a Quizneyland this week. Uh, do I know what it's about? No. There will be questions, and there will be stuff, and it might come late. Who knows? Uh, but there will be a Quizneyland, and you'll all love it. I promise it'll be there. Or my name yeah. isn't Walter Elias Disney. <laughs> Wait a second. (laughs) You know, if there's anything that I've learned is that uh, over the course of the 10 years of the podcast, we were always big on releasing on Wednesdays, right? For a long time, Mm -hmm. we even had the Podcateers Wednesday hashtag. Uh, And because of a lot of the issues and things and changes and stuff that happened over the last several years, uh, if there's anything that I've learned is that the people in our community, albeit small, Right. We don't have this like massive community of millions and millions of listeners, but yet they're very understanding yet. Yeah. Uh, but they're very understanding. They've given us a lot of grace whenever we've had things happen and episodes release a couple days late sometimes. But the great thing about syndicating a podcast is that it just ends up in your podcast app at some point. Right. And because people tend to listen Uh, Not always on release day. They end up listening a day or two later, sometimes five days later. You know, sometimes they stack all of their podcasts to listen on a Saturday or a Sunday while they're cleaning or something. Everybody's schedule is different. And I think that's been the wonderful thing and and like a great realization for me because it was a huge pressure, I think, that was taken off of me where uh, if... If I couldn't release on a Wednesday because I couldn't edit or something, I would stay up all night, not sleep, and then drudge along for the rest of the week, like not feeling great. Where now, you know, thankfully, the community that we've built essentially has given me the grace to like release a day late or two days late or whatever the case is while we're working through stuff. And uh, like 
for my health, it's been great. <laughs> you know, I get much more sleep than I used to, and it's been fantastic. Yep. So, yeah, episode 500, it's coming. We're excited. Entering year 10 of Podcateers. And uh, we got more stuff coming. So stay Woo-hoo. tuned for that. All right, that's it. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. See ya. Part of the Podcateers Network.